Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Sothopoulos, the Statman, on a Sunday morning, the 10th of September, 2017. It is 10 a, or I'm sorry, 8 a.m. in the East. It's early. And we are live on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, coming to you for our next 45 minutes and sit back and enjoy as we will take you through the world of sports. A good Sunday morning out there, everybody, and welcome to the football season. The National Football League starting their first full Sunday slate later today, and we're glad that you're with us and, and uh, we are part of your preparation for week one uh, as the games are only five hours away, the one o'clock window, only only uh, a few hours away. So we've been waiting for this for a while, especially if you're a baseball fan and the team that you root for is out of the race, namely a Mets fan, you're looking forward to football season. And if you're a Giant fan, you're really looking forward to football season. If you're a Jet fan, not so much. And uh, <laughs> today is the beginning of the, uh, the long tank to the number one pick. At least that is uh, what some people think, many people think. If you're a Patriots fan, you got off on the wrong foot. Uh, after um, a nine-point, uh, fa- uh, you were favored by nine points going into the opening night against Kansas City. The the passion at the beginning of the game from Mark Wahlberg, and then uh, Kansas City ends up running running all over you as uh, New England starts off the season 0 and 1 with a home loss on Thursday night. And uh, year two in the uh, career of Carson Wentz. So that will be the um, the uh, big news in Philadelphia, at least uh, from a uh, from a storyline standpoint. Philadelphia opens the season in Washington uh, to take on Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins. Um, of course, big news around the league and big news, period, is Hurricane Irma, which is bearing down on right now on Key West, heading up the coast towards Tampa, Tampa Bay at Miami game. Uh, it, it was initially the eye of the storm was supposed to go up the east coast of Florida. It looks like it's going to go up the west coast of Florida. But either way, the game in Miami would have been canceled, and it is canceled. And they use a bye week that uh, both teams have in week 11. They use that for this week. So Tampa Bay and Miami will start in week two and go all the way to week 17 without a single bye week. And that may put them at a disadvantage later in the season in the dog days of the season, but for right now, obviously keeping everybody, uh, uh, basically keeping everybody away from the stadium, you would have 70,000 people trying to make a go of it. And obviously the, uh, the orders are to shelter in place or to evacuate. And I believe Miami is under evacuation. So that was a no brainer. And that was set early in the week. Uh, from a football perspective, Doug Martin's four games suspend or three game suspension, uh, ends up tolling a week, so he doesn't come back until week five. Uh, so if you're an owner of Jack Quiz Rogers, that gives him another week to try and impress. Uh, not another game, but another week to try and uh, and impress. And uh, if the game was in Tampa, it would have been canceled anyway, or would have been postponed anyway, because uh, the storm looks like it's headed right for Tampa, potential Category 3 when it does hit Tampa later on uh, tonight, looks like. Um, so regardless, if you are, uh, if you are listening from, uh, uh, from the southeastern United States, namely Florida, 
take cover. Of course, our thoughts and prayers are with you, just as our thoughts and prayers were with uh, those affected by Hurricane Harvey in uh, Texas and also uh, Louisiana. Um, now, week one, and uh, a lot to get to, of course, baseball, week 23, heading into week 24. For those of you still competing, for those of you uh, uh, involved in a, in a big race to the end of the season to try and win your championship, we have information to hopefully help you. But our football installments will include uh, our uh, stardom and sit our injuries, and our game picks, not only of the uh, local games, but of the big games on the schedule. So a ton to, uh, to get to there. And, uh, of course, um, we will be covering football from here on out. Hockey will be uh, introduced very shortly. Um, season starts in uh, the first week of October. So we will be, uh, we will be, we will be with you uh, to start talking hockey um, very shortly. The season actually officially uh, the, the preseason is getting started uh, next week, actually, uh, believe it or not. But um, uh, the first games of the season, uh, let, let's see if I, can, uh, if I can punch that up when the actual first games of the regular season are. I believe it will be Wednesday, October the 4th. I believe that will be the first, uh, the first games of the, of the season. Um, and uh, – We'll, we'll we'll go through that once we once we hit uh, the end of September. We will uh, give you a quick fantasy preview and then and then get going for uh, for the regular season. Um, but regardless, here we are. And um, let's start with um, uh, with some uh, overall uh, fantasy focus. And and let's start with our coaching changes. As you know, why are coaching changes important? Coaching changes are important because that usually drives the philosophy of a team. If you have a defense-first coach and you have an offensively dynamic team, they may become a little less offensively dynamic because some of the attention and maybe some of the free agent dollars would go towards improving the defensive side of the ball uh, and vice versa. So if you're looking at uh, teams usually down on their luck who are, uh, who are changing their coaches, there were six head coaching changes one of them was an interim coach where the interim tag was removed, and that's Doug Maroney from Jacksonville, uh, who used to be the head coach in Buffalo, was pretty successful. But when there was an ownership change, he used, he used the ejector button to get out of Buffalo. Uh, and now he is in Jacksonville. But the big change in Jacksonville is that Tom Coughlin is, is the executive VP and in charge of personnel. And uh, the GM, uh, Dave Caldwell, is still in place. So, uh, uh, Doug Maroney is the head coach. Things should stay relatively stable there in terms from a fantasy perspective. And, of course, with their big rookie, Leonard Fournette, uh, he is going to be a, a big piece of that offense. Uh, T.J. Yeldon, I guess, was going to be the incumbent starter. Well, he is going to miss the game today. With, or I believe uh, he is questionable. I should, I'm sorry, questionable. Practiced in limited fashion. However, his hamstring issue probably will keep him out. Uh, of the game. That's, uh, that's my guess, but uh, I guess he will be a game time decision. Uh, other head coaching changes around the league. Kyle Shanahan probably got the most press. He was the offensive coordinator for the explosive Atlanta offense. That was explosive up until maybe the third quarter of Super Bowl 51. Um, Kyle Shanahan replaces Chip Kelly in San Francisco. And uh, with him will be Pierre Garçon who thrived under Shanahan's offense 
in Washington a few years ago. Garcon is a few years older, a few years wiser as well, but might be able to put that, uh, put that comfort to good use from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the L.A. Clippers named Anthony Lynn head coach. He was the uh, interim head coach in Buffalo after Rex Ryan was fired. So in the musical chairs of uh, NFL head coaching, Lynn goes to the uh, Chargers. Mike McCoy is out, and um, uh, Mike McCoy ends up going to division rival Denver as the offensive coordinator to help new head coach Vance Joseph, who took over for Gary Kubiak, who retired citing health concerns. Joseph was the defensive coordinator in Miami, and he brings with him uh, – Kind of, he's a disciple in in some ways of Wade Phillips, who uh, he worked under in Houston. So, Wade Phillips a lot of successful defenses in uh, in Houston, but also in Denver. And so the Den- uh, the Denver defense should be very um, uh, very stable in in that way. And the big the big issue for Denver is figuring out their quarterback situation. They have great receivers in uh, in Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. They have uh, good running backs in C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, Jamal Charles made the team, uh, but it's the quarterback. It's the quarterback that has been the issue, whether it's Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, who was, question, who was uh, out actually for, uh, for week one, um, but Trevor Simeon was supposed to be the starter anyway at this point. Um, not very strong. So it's uh, up to now it's up to Vance Joseph, who's a defensive, um, a defensive uh, coach, but Mike McCoy as the offensive coordinator to try and figure out uh, what to do in terms of the quarterback situation. Getting back to the Chargers, Anthony Lynn uh, is going to keep his offensive coordinator in, uh, in, uh, in Wisenhut. And that is a uh, smart move, in, in my opinion. With, with Ken Wisenhut, you have uh, a comfort level with Phillip Rivers, who's the quarterback. Uh, you, and Wisenhunt is a former offensive line guy, and their offensive line has improved, which means Melvin Gordon is going to improve, which means uh, the uh, receivers are going to have a little more time to get open, and Philip Rivers is going to have a little more time to find them. So I think that's a smart move, kind of keeping that. Uh, that really wasn't the problem with the Chargers. It was defense, and uh, Anthony Lynn will uh, address that. Gus Bradley, the former Jacksonville head coach, um, will, uh, and he was the interim uh, head coach, in San Diego, actually, uh, he uh, he will uh, stay on as a defensive coordinator uh, for these uh, for these Chargers who are moving up the coast from San Diego to L.A. Uh, let's talk about L.A.'s uh, crosstown team, the Rams. Now L.A. goes from zero teams to two teams in a matter of a couple of years. Sean McVay, the former offensive coordinator in Washington, 30 years old, and he's going to take over the head coaching reins in L.A., He's going to call the plays, too. So he's going to have a lot of responsibility on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he is partially responsible for her cousins, for the Washington offense being as good as they've been over the last couple of years. And Wade Phillips comes in to lead the defense as a defensive coordinator. So you have a longtime defensive mind coming in there uh, to help out Sean McVay so that McVay can concentrate on the offense. However, when you're a head coach, and Rex Ryan is living proof, when you're a head coach, your uh, main uh, your main job is to oversee both sides of the ball, not just the offensive side of the ball. So even though McVay is going to call the plays, going to be very involved on the offensive side. Uh, Wade Phillips is going to take care of the defensive side, uh, but it, it's still McVay's responsibility. Um, 
Also, Buffalo, we mentioned Lynn uh, as the interim coach. He goes to the Chargers. Sean McDermott, former defensive coach, or former defense coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, he will uh, be the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. A lot of youth in terms of uh, the coaches uh, with um, Vance Joseph and Sean McDermott in their early 40s, Sean McVay only 30 years old. So there's some youth being injected into these head coaching ranks. Uh, but uh, Buffalo's McDermott, uh, his D is going, his defense is shifting back from uh, back to a 4-3, which is uh, used more wide, widely around the league, rather than the 3-4 that, uh, that Rex Ryan had installed for a few years so kind of going back to a normal uh, defense, but McDermott is, uh, is a defensive, uh, defensive guy. So the offense in Buffalo, really not all that good to begin with. Tyrod Taylor, not one of the better quarterbacks, and he's banged up. Uh, he's had concussion issues. Um, and, you know, basically it's the little Sean McCoy show because Sammy Watkins was traded to the, uh, to the L.A. Rams. So there, there is um, – uh, there are a couple of personnel changes, but ma- mainly uh, McCoy is the main guy in, in Buffalo. All right, so those are the head coaching changes, coordinator changes. Uh, of course, with a couple of these coordinators taking head coaching jobs, that makes that um, those jobs available. In Atlanta, you have a, a NFC champion uh, that changed both coordinators. Steve Sarkeesian, who was the quarterback's uh, coach and offensive coordinator, for, uh, uh, for, I believe, for Alabama, um, and um, at least at, at, the, at the end of the season. And Marquand Manuel was a defensive assistant. He jumps up to be the defensive coordinator uh, under Dan Quinn, who is going to enter his third year as head coach. Very successful, but uh, Steve Sarkeesian as the new offensive coordinator, Marquand Manuel as the defensive coordinator, uh, and, of course, one game is not going to uh, spark a change as a defense coordinator, especially if that one game is in the, is in the Super Bowl. But uh, getting a, a fresh perspective on things might help in terms of the, uh, uh, the change at defense coordinator. Uh, Buffalo, of course, Sean McDermott's going to bring some new, uh, new blood with him. Rick Dennison, who was the offensive coach uh, with the Denver Broncos, he uh, assumes offensive coordinator uh, capabilities. And, and that's a big shoes to uh, – not big shoes to fill, but a big challenge. Uh, for for Dennison because McDermott is a defensive coach. Leslie Frazier, the former uh, Baltimore uh, coach, he will actually Minnesota head coach, but uh, uh, recently with Baltimore, uh, he's going to be the defensive coordinator in Buffalo. Uh, in Denver, Vance Joseph brings uh, Mike McCoy, as you mentioned, on the offensive side of the ball. Joe Woods on the defensive side of the ball, uh, and he was uh, he's he's still with uh, with the Broncos. He was with them before. Uh, head of the defensive backs, he will be promoted to defensive coordinator. Um, okay, and uh, looking at uh, other changes, we mentioned uh, uh, the Chargers uh, with Lynn uh, backed by Wisenhunt on the offensive side, Bradley on the defensive side, the Rams, Sean McVay, uh, will call the plays with Wade Phillips as defensive uh, coordinator. The Jets have John Morton, who uh, was the Saints wide receivers coach. He will be jumping in there, an offensive uh, coordinator, uh, talk about a big job. I, I don't know uh, what can be done. You're looking at a quarterback situation with uh, Josh McCown, who is a seat filler. Um, running back situation, Bilal Powell has outplayed Matt Forte. Matt Forte uh, making more money um, and made the team. Wide receivers, Brandon Marshall's gone. Quincy Anunua is hurt. Uh, really not much uh, going on uh, for, for the Jets. 
um, anywhere, uh, especially offensively. Uh, in Oakland, you have Todd Downing, who's the Oakland quarterbacks coach, getting promoted to offensive coordinator uh, behind Jack Del Rio, who was coming back for his third season as head coach. Um, San Francisco, we mentioned Kyle Shanahan. You know, as an offensive uh, mind that he is, he will call the plays. Robert Saleh is the um, defensive coordinator. He was the linebackers coach in Jacksonville. And Washington, of course, Jay Gruden is going to continue to call the plays. Uh, but Greg Minuski is the uh, defensive coordinator. He was the uh, uh, offensive line coach. He is going to be the defensive coordinator. And there's some maverick thinking there. Uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, looking at the uh, players and the players who have changed uh, changed uniforms, and of course that probably is the biggest um, key to fantasy changes is uh, when, when a player goes to a new team, of course has to grasp a new offense, if there's comfort level with past coaches or anything like that. Uh, but looking at, uh, looking at uh, quarterbacks, uh, really the only major change, uh, would you consider them major changes? Mike Glennon going to the Bears, Brian Hoyer to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, now Hoyer will, um, will start for, uh, for San Francisco, uh, at least that is, uh, uh, at least to start the season. Uh, Mike Glennon for Chicago uh, will be a backup. Uh, or actually, uh, uh, Mike Tr- uh, Mitchell Trubisky um, actually will be number two. So Glennon will start. But everyone's been talking about Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago's camp, and he will be the number two quarterback to start the season. Uh, Mark Sanchez uh, bumps down to number three for the Bears, as Mike Glennon will be the starter and uh, look pretty good in the preseason. Uh, however, uh, really, Trubisky is, is the one that people are, have their eye on because he's a rookie, uh, but they're going to start with the veteran Mike Glennon um, and the, uh, uh, of course, Brian Hoyer, you know, he's going to be one of the bottom 10 quarterbacks, uh, most likely not really either one of them, I would say is not really a draftable quarterback, probably a bi-week replacement at best, uh, running backs. Well, Garrett Blunt for the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, he was in a, a good spot in new England, ran for a thousand yards and, um, you know, Blunt is going to be a part of a timeshare, uh, for the most part. Uh, because of Wendell Smallwood, because of Darren Sproles. Um, really, Blunt's production should go down. You can see his value as a goal line back uh, because of uh, his size. Smallwood's a little guy. Sproles is shifty and, 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 and a little guy as well. So you can see him being, especially in touchdown leagues, touchdown-only leagues, uh, Blunt will retain a lot of his value. Um, speaking of New England, Mike Gillisley, former Buffalo running back, Rex Burkhead, former Cincinnati running back, they come to New England. Um, you know, a lot of personnel, a lot of maybe different, uh, you know, different changes, different packages. Um, you also have James White. You also have Deion Lewis. So you have a lot of, um, a lot of different things. And, and what that usually means is you don't have fantasy consistency. And that's not a good thing. LeGarrette Blunt had some fantasy consistency for New England among running backs. You've seen it once in a while with some of their guys um, that you just can't avoid. They're going to be successful week to week. But because they plan game to game, uh, it really depends on the matchup. And you don't really know what that matchup is going to be and how they're going to try and exploit it. So New England running backs go back to being a mystery. Um, So that's 
that, that can be uh, an issue there. If, if you drafted either Gillisley or Burkhead, be prepared at any week to bench that player and play someone who is going to get more reps. Eddie Lacy going to Seattle. He's going to be part of a three-headed monster. Thomas Rawls, who's questionable for today uh, with his ankle injury. C.J. Proceis, who's the young up-and-coming back. And Eddie Lacy is the guy with size. Of course, he was uh, every down back with Green Bay. Uh, fallen out of favor, fell out of shape. He has a one-year show-me deal uh, with, with uh, Seattle. Uh, but once again, going to be in a timeshare, not as valuable. And Eddie Lacy, the name, is going to get people to draft him. So if somebody reached for him in your draft, I would, I, I would let someone reach for him in my draft. Uh, but if someone reached for him, they're, they're going to have a tough time slotting him in. If he catches fire, if injuries make it so that he's, uh, he's a good guy, once again, similar to Blunt, he could be a goal line back type of, uh, you know, he could have value there. Marshawn Lynch comes back after a year off uh, to uh, go to Oakland to be a Raider. And uh, Latavius Murray left Oakland, so there's a, there's a spot open. Uh, there's Jalen Richard. There's DeAndre Washington. There are a couple of other guys. But Lynch could be a goal line guy, um, and they may all play well together. It's, it's possible. Lynch will be a starter. Um, and we'll see what uh, what he has left after being after having a year off. Will he uh, regenerate a little more energy? Will those skittles play a role? We will find out uh, another potential as a goal line back. Latavius Murray, the aforementioned uh, Murray, will be in Minnesota, signed to a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal. Then they go and uh, draft Dalvin Cook in the second round. So, um, you know, Murray did have an open shot with Adrian Peterson departing for New Orleans, um, but. Now with Cook in the mix, uh, Murray's probably going to play a role. I don't know how significant, especially with the fact that Murray's been hampered with injuries during the preseason, and Cook has looked great. So I think Cook is going to start, and uh, Murray is going to back up. As um, you know, that is uh, not what Murray expected when he signed when he signed the contract. So still draftable, but more of a more of a number two and a capable number two behind Dalvin Cook. Uh, who is going to go, um, and, you know, he's, he's an RB2. I mean, you know, and he, he's kind of in that mid-teens. We ranked him in the mid-teens uh, for, uh, for the beginning of the season. Uh, Adrian Peterson, musical chairs, as he goes from Minnesota to New Orleans. Uh, he is going to technically be a backup to Mark Ingram, but there may be days where Peterson uh, goes crazy. That is entirely possible. And Mark Ingram, has the job to himself, no longer really has the job to himself. So I think that might be more of a drag on Ingram's value. Peterson, at this point in his career, you know he's 32. You're going to get with, uh, what you can from him. He's not drafted as a top back. He's drafted in the, you know, in the 20s or in the 30s and uh, among, among running backs. So, you know, that's, that's probably where he belongs, which is a fringe bi-week replacement type of guy. But if he's on your roster, you probably have guys that are, uh, you know, ranked in the 40s uh, or even 50s among running backs on your team. So you could do worse. You probably have worse running backs on your team. But they may see, you know, where, where, where those guys are probably first candidates to get dropped. Peterson's probably going to stick on your roster, and he's probably going to clog up a bench spot. He might be a bi-week replacement. It all depends on Ingram's health and how they incorporate Peterson into the offense. Finally, Danny Woodhead running back for the Baltimore Ravens uh, with, um, uh, with Kenneth Dixon going down with injury. It's between Woodhead and Terrence West. 
and they should complement each other. It's actually a pretty good thing because Woodhead has, has made his bones lately, especially in San Diego, as a great pass-catching back out of the backfield. Terrence West is a classic runner. So with, with the two of them, a lot of sense. Um, with each one getting value, West will have value. Woodhead will have, will have value. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty good landing spot. Among wide receivers, Brandon Cooks to New England. That's a big one. Uh, Cooks, of course, um, was a star in the making in New Orleans, a very fast, very vertical offense. Uh, if New England goes back that way, and Brady definitely has that capability of a vertical offense, Cooks could be a huge beneficiary of it, could be the number one beneficiary of it. Um, but with New England, once again, week to week, the game plan changes, and uh, that goes for everybody. The only person that doesn't really seem to go for is Tom Brady, uh, but everyone else seems to not eat every week. You know, some some work, some don't. Uh, will Cooks be a Brandy Moss, a uh, Randy Moss type, and just and and blitz through uh, opposing defenses? Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think so. I think Cooks will have uh, a, a lot of good days, more good days than bad. And, and I think probably a, a, a wide receiver, too, uh, meaning, a, you know, a top 15 wide receiver uh, this year. Um, but still, I think Cooks will, will be good, but not great. Uh, Pierre Garçon for the Niners, we mentioned him uh, as uh, uh, coming over, following Kyle Shanahan to San Francisco, a man that he's worked with before in his days as uh, the offensive coordinator in Washington. Um, but, you know, he's a little older now. Uh, and also Brian Hoyer is his quarterback, so that does not help either. Uh, Deshaun Jackson going to Tampa uh, from uh, from Washington. Uh, he is going to play with uh, uh, Jameis Winston, and um, Jackson will probably start opposite Mike Evans, I believe, and uh, that was the job that, um, uh, you, you know, it, it really it's, it's, a, it's a thankless job because Evans does gobble up a lot of the targets, um, and – uh, the, the the thing is, really, for Tampa, Adam Humphreys is the number three guy. Um, there's nobody else, and he has a hip issue. Nobody really else, uh, no, nobody else really in in the picture. So Deshaun Jackson does have uh, some job um, some job safety uh, at at this point. Um, Alshon Jeffrey goes to the Eagles. It's a one year prove it contract. Um, interesting move here. Jeffrey was, was injured a lot. You always got the feeling if he could stay healthy, he could be a top wide receiver. Uh, Carson Wentz has to find him. Uh, so that's, um, uh, that's, ma- that's major. Uh, but uh, Jeffrey uh, could be a valuable wide receiver, could be a fantasy startable wide receiver uh, just about every week. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. One of the most interesting things, I think, um, with the entire Eagles team is what happens with Alshon Jeffrey and how that starts. Okay, uh, Brandon Marshall going from the Jets to the Giants doesn't change the uh, stadium, just changes the locker room. Um, Marshall, of course, uh, has a Super Bowl on his mind. He's not going to get there with the Jets. So um, uh, he is in a better situation with an established quarterback who can find him the ball. Um, Sterling Shepard really hasn't taken that next step up. So the second wide receiver spot behind Odell Beckham Jr. is there for the taking. And with Beckham uh, banged up, not sure if he's going to play tonight. That is a headline in the injury news. Um, we'll see with Brendan Marshall if Brendan Marshall if he takes a uh, a lead role with the Giants' offense. 
and finally, Terrell Pryor for the Redskins. He comes over from Cleveland as kind of a do-it-all guy, a thousand-yard uh, receiver in in Washington. Or, I'm sorry, in Cleveland, which uh, is not easy to do. Uh, and with uh, Garcon uh, leaving and with Deshaun uh, uh, Jackson leaving, uh, that is uh, an open door for Terrell Pryor, and he could definitely have a uh, a solid season, potentially uh, a, a weekly startable wide receiver. He might be the name last year that you wouldn't say is an every-week starter because of the instability in Cleveland with the quarterback and with everything. Now, he might be the name now that you pencil in every week. Uh, that is entirely possible. So that is our long list of fantasy focus here with uh, uh, new players and also new coaches. Uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of information there. Uh, quickly on injuries. Quarterbacks, we know Andrew Luck is out. Scott Tolzien will start uh, for Indianapolis. Paxton Lynch, we know he's out. Cam Newton listed as questionable, but he put in a full practice, so he will have apparently no restrictions. At running back, Doug Martin is going to be out until week five. Jack was Rogers, the primary running back there. Spencer Ware, knee injury. He's out for the year. Rookie Kareem Hunt pressed into the starting spot. He did pretty well on Thursday. He was unbelievable. I believe 246 yards from scrimmage. Unbelievable rookie uh, opening game for Kareem Hunt. Chuck Hendrick West to back him up. He had a touchdown run as well. Kenneth Dixon for Baltimore, knee injury. As we mentioned, Terrence West, Andy Woodhead will lead the running back court. Uh, out for this week, Devontae Booker for Denver. Wrist injury, didn't practice. He may return in week three. Jamal Charles will back up uh, uh, C.J. Anderson uh, in, in Denver. Uh, Thomas Rawls in Seattle is questionable with his ankle. Eddie Lacy, C.J. Procise will be the main guys to back him up. And T.J. Yeldon, questionable with a hamstring. He's had this issue throughout preseason. Leonard Fournette may start uh, in his stead. So, uh, by the way, the live feed about to cut out. 15 minutes left in the podcast. Only version. We still have baseball to get to and our game picks, of course, uh, as we finish up with our, uh, with our injury news. Uh, as we, uh, we, hope you, uh, uh, we hope you come back early and often. Our next episode, we are not sure when it will be. It may be Friday night. And that reason is personal because we may, um, uh, we may have a big life-changing event to tell you all about. Uh, in a couple of weeks. But ne- our next episode will be 749, uh, which is one before the big the big one, 750. And we're going to try and go to a, uh, a more, more of a, 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 a taped segment type of a show just because of that life event and that life event is having a baby. And, uh, of course, that will change everything, as uh, I'm told and as I'm sure I don't even grasp yet. But um, but that will be a uh, a change. So the show the show of course may change, and it may change to be uh, taped segments instead of one uh, live uh, show. So we'll see how it all goes. But you should be able to get your football on a weekly basis, and um, uh, not only uh, the latest injury news and start and sit advice, hot pickups, and and all that good stuff, game picks, um, but also answering your uh, fantasy questions. Uh, injuries for wide receivers, and Julian Edelman is is gone for the year. Knee injury, he's out. Danny Amendola probably stands to uh, to benefit the most. Maybe Chris Hogan a little bit, getting a few more looks. Um, also, Malcolm Mitchell on IR with a knee injury, another uh, Patriots uh, receiver, but not as uh, uh, not as owned in leagues. Cameron Meredith, who had a really good year last year for the Bears, he's out. ACL and MCL injuries, he is done for the year. Uh, so uh, Kevin White, the door once again is open for the off-injured Kevin White in Chicago. 
Uh, let's look at uh, or question, or actually before questionable, suspended. Willie Sneed will be suspended until week four when the Saints take on the Dolphins. Uh, he is uh, going to miss the first three games uh, of the year. Substance abuse is the uh, reason there. Uh, question or out for the week, Mike Williams of the Chargers is out, did not practice, will miss the Monday night game in Denver with a back injury uh, and will miss the first L.A. Clippers game uh, in a long, long time, in more than 50 years as the, 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 uh, the Clippers, I'm sorry, Chargers. I'm going to say that a lot this year. Um, <laughs> the L.A. Chargers. Of course, the Clippers basketball team used to be in San Diego before moving to L.A., but that's a whole other story. But the L.A. Chargers, the first L.A. Chargers game since the 60s, um, but Mike Williams will miss it. Questionable. Odell Beckham, angle, did not practice, may not play tonight in Dallas. That is a big, big injury. Jameson Crowder, questionable with a hip, practiced in limited fashion, uh, and uh, looks to still be on target and expecting to play uh, as a number two to uh, Terrell Pryor. Uh, Tyler Lockett for Seattle, questionable, but he did put in a full practice, so hopeful that he will play. And Kenny Galladay of the Detroit Lions, there's a new name, ankle injury, limited practice, questionable, uh, will most likely, uh, he is expected to play. He did practice all week, but they were in limited fashion. He's a rookie, and he uh, figures to be the number four receiver in, in Detroit's offense. And finally, John Ross, wide receiver for Cincinnati, limited practice with his uh, knee injury, not expected to play against Baltimore. Okay, and finally, for tight ends, let's take a look at the injuries there. Austin Safarian Jenkins is suspended for two games for the Jets until uh, his return week three against Miami. Um, uh, let's see, that, that's basically it. There's no, there's no other um, impact or even, you know, uh, owned in more than a couple of percent of CBSports.com leagues that are um, injured at the tight end spot. So fairly clean um, uh, fairly clean injury uh, list for tight ends. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here and let's let's dig into our um, uh, let's dig into our picks for the week. As we have a, um, a a lot of games, of course, all four local teams involved. None of them are playing each other, so we have four big games uh, right now. And uh, let's start with. Um, uh, let, let's start with the uh, Giants. Actually, we, we already had the Patriots game. We picked the Patriots, minus 8.5, and, and all these spreads are coming from ESPN.com, minus 8.5, uh, mainly because Patriots are at home. They usually play well at home. They usually cover at home, especially on national TV. They always look good, and they look bad. They lost 42-27 to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that game next week in terms of our uh, weekly best or weekly worst from week one. Uh, but we're 0-1 in picking winners and picking against the spread. So not a good start to the season. Um, so that being said, let's move on to the other games. Uh, let's start with the 1 o'clock game, Philadelphia at Washington. Uh, Two-and-a-half-point spread uh, favoring the Redskins. And, you know, th- this one, this one is a, is, it's a close one. You know, the Eagles are improving, and um, the, uh, the Redskins are uh, – are a solid team. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, in my opinion. Um, Carson Wentz is still up and coming. 
Garrett Blunt's first game in an Eagles uniform, Alshon Jeffrey's first game in an Eagles uniform, Terrell Pryor's first game in a Redskins uniform. We talked about all that. Uh, I just think the home team's going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington. It's going to be a close game. And, and the cover is it's probably going to be a field goal game, two and a half points. You, know, you can see 20 to 17 uh, in this one. I'm going to go with Washington in game one. Game two, the Jets in Buffalo to see who is going to uh, start off on a, uh, on a path to get a number one pick out of these two teams. Buffalo's favored by six and a half points. Who are the Jets playing exactly? I mean, yeah, they have Josh McCown. And when he had an injury scare in preseason and people were holding their breath, you're, you've got to realize you're holding your breath for Josh McCown. The, the, I mean, that's, that's just one level above. Uh, I mean, it's not even a level above a replacement player. It's, it is a replacement player. I mean, the, the, the guy in the fifth row, uh, is he going to be that much worse than Josh McCown? Christian Hackenberg, he's backing up Josh McCown. A backup quarterback usually is the guy that everybody, everybody loves because he's, you know, he does no wrong. But Christian Hackenberg has to be probably the most hated backup because he's taking up a spot from a real NFL backup. Anyway, as you can sense my frustration, it's because I'm a Jets fan. Uh, the Jets are uh, six-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the defense will keep them in this one. And the only reason I think the Jets will cover is because the defense will force this into a low-scoring game and, hey, maybe the defense will even win it for the Jets. It certainly won't be the offense. I'm going to go with the Jets plus six and a half, and I'm going to pick Buffalo to win the game. In the third game, uh, third and final, uh, out, of the, out of the local games that we still need to pick, Giants and Cowboys tonight, the Giants are four-and-a-half-point underdogs in Dallas. Now, we know how Dallas and the, the Giants always start the season, and it's always a big game. It always comes to the end. Maybe Beckham's injury is throwing this line, but I think it's going to be closer than four and a half points. I think it's going to be a field goal game. I could see 34-31. I don't know, even know which side it's going to uh, favor, but I can see the Giants winning this. I'm going to pick the Giants to win outright, plus four and a half. I think they'll win the game 34-31. How's that? So, once again, uh, we were wrong on the Patriots. We had them minus eight and a half, uh, but the game's still to play. We have the uh, Redskins minus two and a half. We have the Jets plus six and a half, but Buffalo to win the game. And we have the Giants outright winning plus four and a half. Those are the local picks. In terms of the, uh, the big game picks, uh, let's, let's start with, um, let's, let's see, let's, let's, get a, let's get a good one in here. How about Baltimore and Cincinnati? That's, that's a good one. The, the uh, spread there is under two and a half. Uh, Cincinnati, of course, uh, having the home game, it's a one o'clock game, it's a big game. I think the Bengals are going to win this one uh, just, because of, um, uh, just because they are at home. It's a rivalry game. I think Cincinnati has uh, a few more uh, offensive weapons. I like this Joe Mixon, the, the rookie for the, for the Bengals. Um, I don't know if he's going to do as well as Kareem Hunt, but, you know, this could be an interesting year of rookie running backs. You have Fournette in Jacksonville. You have McCaffrey in Carolina. Uh, you have, uh, of course, Hunt in Kansas City, Mixon in Cincinnati. Uh, you do have some, some new blood coming in and some good uh, young running backs uh, giving it a shot. Uh, there's five or six that play a role this year. And uh, I think Cincinnati, I think it starts there. I think they win and cover minus two and a half. Uh, the next one, let's, uh, let's go to, um, let's see, how about Seattle and Green Bay? That's always a winner. Uh, Seattle and Green Bay, remember uh, a couple of years ago with the, uh, uh, the Hail Mary, uh, and then they met up in the playoffs. 
Green Bay minus two and a half. They're at home. You know what Seattle can do? Their defense isn't as great as their heyday. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, people, if you call him a top five quarterback, uh, you know, I don't know if he's quite there. Yeah, he does have a Super Bowl championship, though. So he probably is a top five quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback. And I think the Packers will, uh, will take this one. I think they went by a touchdown. I'm picking them minus two and a half. And let's pick one of the Monday night games. How about Chargers-Broncos? Broncos minus three and a half. New head coaches for both teams, as we've talked about. Um, and Denver, the question is, who is going to throw the ball? Uh, with the Chargers, they have a brand-new team and a brand-new attitude. I'm going to go for the upset here. I'm going to go with Chargers plus three and a half. I will pick all of the games. You, will, uh, you can find them on Pigskin Pick'em and join our group, Sports with the Statman. Uh, ATS, that's against the spread, and Statman Pick'em is straight up. I will fill out both of those uh, this uh, uh, before the before the one o'clock games, and you can uh, and you can see what happens. Uh, also, in terms of a knockout pick, uh, let's just go through um, uh, the the list here and see. Um, I, I don't want to pick a road team, so I'm not going to pick Pittsburgh at Cleveland, um, Houston against Jacksonville. Houston's going to have a home game. They're going to have all that emotion. I like that. I'm going to go with Houston playing against Jacksonville week one. That's my knockout pool pick. Houston strong, and, uh, and that, uh, that will work. Okay. Uh, now let's, let's move on to uh, baseball. We only have a couple of minutes. We will try and post our stardom and sit them uh, up on the, on the website as well. Um, in our weekly best for week 23 in fantasy baseball, Jose Ramirez is our top guy, 47 fantasy points, batted 455, five home runs for the week, seven RBIs. He's probably the best player no one talks about league-wide. Jose Ramirez playing third base, also playing second base with Jason Kipnis out with an injury. Eduardo Escobar, the second straight uh, Minnesota twin to lead shortstops in fantasy scoring. And it's not the same guy. It was Jorge Polanco last week. It's Eduardo Escobar this week. He's playing third base, to be fair, because Mikel Sano is still out. But Escobar, 43 fantasy points. Elvis Andrews, 43 fantasy points. Little Elvis Andrews had four home runs for the week. Batted 407, slugged 963. Jose Reyes for the Mets had three home runs of his own, 40 fantasy points. It has been a, a middle infield cornucopia with Ramirez, Escobar, Andrews, and Reyes, the only four fantasy hitters with 40 points or more. Jose Martinez, the rookie for St. Louis, Batted 462, three homers, eight RBIs. He had 38 fantasy points. Tied for fifth with Josh Reddick, who batted 591. He was 13 for 22, four doubles and a home run, 12 RBIs for him. And Nick Williams, the rookie for the Phillies, 387 average, slugged 710, 13 RBIs. Let everybody in RBIs. All three of those guys, Martinez, Reddick, Williams, 38 fantasy points. Jose Reyes in top local with 40 points. J.D. Martinez, the line of the week. On September the 4th in L.A., Labor Day, Four home run game. It was four from five, six RBIs, 25 fantasy points. Now let's move to the pitchers. Corey Kluber, your top pitcher for the week, 60 fantasy points, two wins, both quality starts, 1.80 ERA, 20 strikeouts in 15 innings, and only one walk. Sean Doolittle, the top reliever, coming in second overall at 51 fantasy points, four saves in five innings, no runs, two hits. Luke Weaver, the rookie for the Cardinals, won both of his starts, one quality, one not so much, but a 1.42 ERA in 12 and two thirds innings. He had 48 points. Teammate Carlos Martinez, our line of the week, a three-hit shutout, three walks, 10 strikeouts at San Diego, a 45-point week, and that was good enough for fourth among all pitchers. Robbie Ray was fifth. He had 14 strikeouts 
in one start, three hits allowed and no runs in seven and two-thirds innings, but not the line of the week. That belongs to Carlos Martinez. Our top local, Luis Severino of the Yankees, two hits and no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, and six flawless innings, 33 fantasy points. That was good enough for a tie for 11th in all of Major League Baseball. We have rotisserie leaders, our best lineup value plays all around the diamond. We have all that information for you. We will post that on Statman Sports Online today. Also, looking ahead, our two-star pitchers for Week 24, Sid Cole Hamels and Dylan Bundy start Sean Manea, Jake Odorizzi, and Brandon Woodruff. We have easy schedules for the White Sox, Cleveland, Colorado, Pittsburgh, tough schedules for Tampa, Atlanta, the Dodgers, and the Giants, and, of course, hot pickups and all that good stuff. Injury information, we'll have that for you on the website later today. That's going to do it here from Northern New Jersey. I'm George Stumpless, the Statman. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you next week from New Jersey. Have a great week, everybody.